Folks, this is episode 181. I know Monday night wasn't my best work. It was a very fast episode. I ran through every single game for y'all, though. Tonight, that's not the case. Now, with that being said, my guest and I, both our teams are all in one at the moment, but you know what? We're looking to make that a one and one You know him. This man needs no introduction at all. You can see his – if you're watching on YouTube, you can see his picture, but you can't see his face. We got Danny back on the show. How are we doing today? Yer, yer. What's up, man? Glad to be back. It's been a little while. Um, everything's good, man. Looking forward to uh, this new Amazon Prime that I just ordered because we got to do that this year, apparently. And, uh, yeah, everything's good. Not for me. Up in Canada, it's on It's on full local TSN, so we are good to go. I don't got to worry about anything with Prime, unfortunately. But before I start and before you and I get into week two, there's something I got to address. Talk to me. Week one of the YWC football talk fantasy recap. I like I'm this. going match by match right here. The first match had the commission, the commission is here myself beating Pat's perfect team, Pat Lane. Second of all, my name is Jeff, or son, defeated the acclaimed. That would be Danny beating Bobby by a score of 166 to 126. So Danny and I both started off 1-0 in fantasy. You know what it is. Dog Pound North taking care of Matt Datsu. Um, Orthodox Judy, Matt Lorenzo taking care of Joe Miller III, Joe's genius team. And last but not least, Jonathan Taylor, Thomas Fangirl taking care of Alex Lorenzo and team Hunter Hurst Henry. Now we move on to week two. Week two starts in about an hour, folks. By the time this is out, Kansas City and L.A. already be kicking off. But we have Dog Pound North taking on yours truly. The commission's here. Jonathan Taylor, Thomas Fangirl taking on Pat's perfect team. Matt Datsu taking on My Name is Jeff, her son. The Acclaim taking on Orthodox Judy. And Joe's genius team taking on Hunter Hurst Henry. Matchup to look for there is Bobby going up against Matt Lorenzo. So, Danny, we're looking to make 1-0, 2-0. Yeah, man. I'm surprised my team uh, really performed super well. You know, we led the league in points. So, you know, we're, we're rolling. I didn't really like my draft too much, but uh, I'm starting to like it now. You, you know what? It's not always after your draft. It's always those years where you're like, I hate my team is when you do good. It's those years when you're like, you know what? Yeah, I got the best team. That A-grade Yahoo gives you means fuck all. It's oh, all absolutely. about what your team does and how you do on the waiver wire personally. Yeah, and how you manage it. Um, usually every year, every single year, I go running back first round. But, I, you know, I switched up the vibes this year in your league since we did the 10-man. And uh, we, went, we went Justin Jefferson first pick, and uh, that one's looking good. So keep it up. Jay Jets, let's see how he does, but let's get right into it. First game of the weekend. We got Kansas City and LA Chargers. That says plus four, but that's as of yesterday. The odds have gone to plus four and a half. Over and under is at 54. I was thinking KC, LA could get the upset, but I don't know. I, th- I think I got to go Kansas City here. Uh, I'm thinking the upset's there too. I definitely think the cover is going to happen. They're going to cover the four and a half because they always usually play super tight. Um, you know, the, the Chargers' defense is really good, and we know, obviously, what KC is on offense, but it's just how's Keenan Allen missing this game really going to affect them? Is Mike Williams going to be able to step up here, or is, uh, you know, some of their other receivers that they have now? You know, you know, I'm on my boy Guyton tonight, you too, so hopefully yep. he gets in the end zone. You know, that's a little sneaky pick, but uh, yeah, man, Eckler's going to have to pick up the slack. Herbert, Herbert should be fine. Uh, I think they can steal this one. I think they can too. I can definitely see the four and a half happening. It's just, I could see like a 31 to 27 kind of football game. I don't know if I can see that 
Because like, so I'm in a spread pool right now where the spreads are what they are at the beginning of the week. So it hasn't moved from three and a half. So in that pool, I think I'm still going Kansas City to cover three and a half. But it would not shock me at all if the Chargers get the win tonight. I just want to see it come down to the final possession. That would be cool. I'm also looking forward to not just Al Michaels, but Kirk Herbstreit calling NFL on a weekly basis. Yeah, man. That's gonna, we got the new uh, Al Michaels too, right? Got the new commentating team. Yep, new commentating team, new streaming service for the, those of you guys in the States. I can't wait to see all the uh, mad, like, middle-aged guys who can't figure out Amazon Prime to save their life kind of thing. So we'll see how that goes. I really wonder how that's going to work with the bar scene, though. I know Buffalo Wild Wings, they partnered with, uh, I guess, DirecTV, and they're going to be showing the games. But I don't know about, you know, local bars that I go to and stuff, so i got to figure that out. Yeah, like your local hole-in-the-wall bar that, like, isn't a chain. It's just that, like, local community thing. Yeah, no, I got that. I get that. So we'll see if they uh, they lose business doing this and stuff. But, you know, oh well. So last week, it was Big Rat and I talking, and his Dolphins obviously got the dub. But will they, they get did. the win this week against the Ravens, who looked pretty good against your boys, which we'll get into actually next on the docket. But for this right here, I like Baltimore to cover and win. Oh, I love this uh, Baltimore blowout. Um Historically, Lamar revenge from last year, too. Remember that Thursday night? Yeah, his, historically, um, the Dolphins don't play well in Baltimore, so they usually get blown out, actually. So, um, you know, I, what I saw from, from the Ravens, you know, they were just a little – Lamar didn't play all preseason. You know, they're still – I think we lost you for a second there, Danny. But, yeah, with this game right here, a lot of people are going to think, like, oh, like, you're just saying that because X, Y, and Z. You're saying that because, oh, you're mad at the um, – you're mad. You're mad because the Dolphins won. No, the Dolphins looked okay. good against the. Sorry, I was just saying that. With me, I know the Dolphins looked good, but my big thing with the Dolphins was is their run game looked good. Besides that one Jalen Waddle touchdown right before the half, I don't think Tua really made it on a lot of bombs. There was a lot of screen passes, a lot of blo- the stuff that people like to criticize Mac on. It was a lot of that. So we'll, I'm I'm eager to see how this Miami offense attacks Baltimore secondary. I'm sorry. Did you hear anything I said or no? No, no, no. You kind of cut out there. Okay. Um, but, yeah, no, like I'm saying, Lamar Lamar is built, still building chemistry, you know, with these yep. receivers. Everyone's new for them. Um, he didn't really do anything with Mark Andrews. J.K. Dobbins should be back. So, I mean, I don't, I don't really see him. I, I see the, – the way I see this, too, is going to struggle in this game. It might be a low-scoring game. But, um, you know, if they don't stop that rush, it's going to be a long day for the Dolphins. There's a bunch of games I see this week that I look at and I'm like, these are either going to go way over or way under. I don't think there's going to be a lot of like pushes this week when it comes to the gambling lines for over under. Yeah, like I'm saying, I, it's, I, I think it's a Ravens cover. It could be it could be an over, but I don't see it coming from the Dolphins side. It's either going to be an over because it's a Ravens blowout. Yeah, I, 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 I just see that. I think Lamar kind of like, you know, what finds his groove. Um, the Miami defense – Look, if you can avoid the blitz, you can beat them. So it's all about that. Lamar being quick in the pocket and stuff like that. Basically avoid all the mistakes New England made against Miami, and you'll probably be able to beat them. Absolutely. Yes. But you're here. Your team's playing. But they're plus six favorites on the Uh, road, and there's an over-under of 39.5. You told me on Monday the DMs (laughs) go under. Like, I look at this game, and it screams like, Fucking 17, 17 to 13, yeah. Yeah, 17 to 14, 17 to 13. It's just, it screams that, like, defensive, kind of like 
and I felt so good about this bet, which was the San Francisco Chicago under from last week, 40, like just oh, something like that, where it's just defensive football. I feel like the Jets defense can keep them in the game, but when it comes down to offenses, I think I have to side with Cleveland. But if you're asking me for spreads, I think I, I gotta take Jets just because man, the way Cleveland held in close with Carolina there, I don't know if I trust them to cover the full six. If this was like yeah. four, I'd trust it, but I don't know if I trust six. Yeah, given Jacoby Brissett, six and a half is ridiculous. Um, I think the Jets definitely, they, if they don't cover that, you know, they've been getting killed already all week on the New York sports radio talk and everywhere, honestly. So they'll, they'll really be getting killed. Um, you know, all we really want this year is competitive football games. I was at the game live, as you know. Um, first half was awesome defensively, you know. But, but the defense is much improved. They ranked 32 in the league last year. And they were just, you know, they were shutting down the run, which was, something they absolutely could not do last year. And, um, you know, between Sauce Gardner and uh, DJ Reed, both ranked top 10 in the uh, in uh, PFF cornerback ra- rankings this week, you know, they were holding their own. But when you're not moving the ball on offense and you're going three and out and you're punting every, you know, every other series, like on a three and out, you're obviously going to gas out. So that's exactly what happened second half. Um, you know, obviously the Ravens are going to score with, that offense is eventually eventually going to happen. So, you know, it's just tough watching Flacco back there. He's a statue. He can't move. So we got Miles Garrett going to pin his ears back. He's going to be killing him. I would take him for two sacks, honestly, if I could. And, um, yeah, man, there's not much to say. There's not, uh, not a lot of enthusiasm on the Jets right now for me until uh, Zach's back, hopefully, which will be next week. He's starting to practice now. So, you know, we need you back, Zach. If this game goes south quickly and they, like, get blown out, say if Cleveland covers at six or even if it's, like, a double-digit loss, I can see a world where he is starting week three where you guys play, I want to say Pittsburgh for some reason. That might be wrong, Cincy. though. Cincinnati. Cincy. I think it's week yeah. four you guys play the Steelers. Yeah, we play week four at the Steelers. Um, yeah, and then we yeah man, no, I, think, I think he's ready. I think he's ready. I think they're just holding them out because – that O-line isn't gelled, and, you know, they were getting killed. Lakin Tomlinson had probably the worst game of his career on Sunday. He was just getting destroyed. Um, George Fant, you know, he's started at left tackle. Makai went down, went to right tackle. Now Dwayne Brown went down, so he's back at left tackle. So I'm sure he's all out of groove. Um, you know, we started a, a fifth-round, fourth-round, or I think it was a fourth-round rookie at right tackle, Max Mitchell, who, you know, he held up, but, you know, he, he, he obviously got beat sometimes too. Um, the run game, Michael Carter had a few nice runs, but nothing really to hang your hat on. So, I mean, the offense is just, it's blah. It's hard, it's hard to, it's hard to move the ball right now. So Michael Ford is going to have to get, get creative to, uh, win this game. Yeah. And also I think you guys are going to win those games where it's like, you, no one sees you winning it. Like look at last year against Cincinnati, for example, you guys had that shootout against them. So. I feel like the Jets this year, it's just all about, you know what, just play close competitive football and just have it be something to where you can look at it, take from this year and go, next year's the year where you guys truly make that leap and ascend yourselves as a team to watch for in the AFC. Yeah, well, you know how New York fans are and everyone's panicking about week one, which I'm not going to do because this really isn't what the team is going to be until Zach's in there. And if if the same struggles are happening with Zach in there, then I'll start to, you know, like, all right, this isn't it whatever yeah. next year start over with a quarterback because you know i'm not zach, zach wilson's gonna have a short leash for me this year i still believe in him 100 but you know i'm not the type of guy to 
give a guy four years like Daniel Jones to find out if he's the guy or not. And I feel like you're going to know sooner rather than later in this year's uh, or in this day and age of NFL. Yeah, I feel like if Zach next year could potentially be under that Tua microscope that Tua is under currently where it's you got to do it now. It's not going to be that whole hey and then we don't pick up your fifth year and then you just play your fourth year out and then you get franchise tag. No, I think it's this by next year, you're going to know whether, yeah, he is the guy or he's not the guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, one quick note before we talk about this game, um, Brian Robinson actually returned to practice today only three weeks after getting shot in an attempted carjacking, I believe it was. So it's just good to see for him that he's back at practice and everything like that. That's courtesy of Keegan Stiefel of Nesson, recurring guest of his podcast. But anyway, moving on to this game where Detroit's the favorite over unders 48 and a half. This is a game where I'm like, this is a sneaky over just because of how both teams played last week. And we saw for some reason, Carson Wentz decided to be 2017 Carson Wentz and Detroit out of nowhere, put 35 up on an Eagle team that everyone has crazy high expectations for. Yeah. I was shocked seeing that. Uh, I'm life seeing them win for the majority of the game, but I went back, I watched both highlights of both games. Um, Washington looking pre- looked impressive, man. I mean, went through two really bad picks, I think, in the fourth quarter. Yeah. But if he cleans that shit up, man, you know, what they're doing with Curtis Samuel, he looks just like the way uh, San Francisco uses Debo Samuel. So if that's a whole other aspect to their offense of moving the ball. So, I mean, he gets going. I think Washington should easily win this game. I wasn't really – I feel like the Eagles were just more sleepwalking and then finally woke up and, you know, obviously clearly they're the better team than uh, Detroit is. But – I think Washington takes this one. Yeah, you know what, though? That's the thing. If With a spread like this, if you're picking them to win, picking them on the spread, you're basically saying, yeah, you, they're going to win the game. Like, you're not going to go, Washington's going to cover one and a half, and the, the Lions are going to win by a point. That's, like, pretty unrealistic. I think the only time I ever got lucky with that was the Week 2 game last year with Washington and New York. If you remember, New York could have won it on that um, field goal. Oh, yeah, the field goal, yeah. Then there was the false start, and then they got moved back, and then he missed the kick, so then they lost. Um, but yeah, for this game, I'm going to go, I want to go Detroit, but I feel like in the sense too, Detroit's going to be that frisky team this year, but they're going to lose a lot of close games. Like remember the Chargers two years ago, that's Detroit this year, in my opinion. It's that hard knocks, good story that everyone wants to believe in, but in reality, it's not exactly, it's not all pretty. No, not at all. And, uh, I think, I don't know if Swift's practicing or not, but if they, if they lose him, that's another huge aspect, you know, that That hurt them. Yeah, that is too. Because until they get a solidified QB one back there, CJ Stroud next year, they like you can't say anything about them just yet. Like they got all the pieces, but like you're missing the biggest piece of them all. They have talent for sure. They definitely have talent. It's just you know, Jared Goff is Jared Goff. You're only gonna go so far with him. Super underrated offensive line too, in my opinion. Super um, underrated offensive line. Yep. Yep. And now, so I think we're both Detroit. We're just watching it straight up. And then, like I said, this game could be a sneaky over. Like if both teams, like this could be. Uh, 28 to 24 kind of game, or it could be 13 to 16. Who knows? Keep your eye on that rookie, though, that rookie linebacker. He was featured in Hard Knocks a lot, uh, Rodriguez. Yeah, Malcolm, yeah, Malcolm yeah. Rodriguez from Oklahoma State. Yeah, he, he, he looked like he had a couple uh, highlights last week as well. So I'm really trying to pay close attention to how he uh, how his career goes or how yeah. his year goes. And he was like a fifth round – I think he was like a fifth or sixth round pick. So it's always yeah, those late, guys late that – yep. They got something to prove. They always got something to prove. That's why – like those, like you, lo- like when people have all the bitch fest about, like, oh, why didn't you take this guy here or this guy here? But this guy was taken later on. You can look at it from that angle, but you can also look at it from the angle of this guy was picked late, went to work, and now his hard work paid off. 
That's the definition of a lottery ticket, man. You know, you, you win, you lose most, then you win some, and that's it. You can't really exactly. be a fortune teller with that kind of stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to say this next thing. I know last week I was on Jacksonville. Part of me wants to be on them again because this game is in Jacksonville. We all know the Colts' history there. And the other reason, too, is, is because our favorite receiver of this podcast, he is not practicing. He was out today at practice, Ooh. Michael Pittman, who had a really good game last week, 22 fantasy points. Just I think he had like 92 yards receiving. He had a touchdown, won me some money. Thank you very much. But, man, I don't know what – Indy's just that team. They're that weird team. Now you got Matt Ryan's two hundred ball number two eighty three, which I couldn't fucking believe is now in Canton because he's over sixty k yards. Yeah. But with this game right here, I want to take Jacksonville. I'm going to do this. I'm going to take Jacksonville to cover, but I'm going to take the Colts to win. I think this is a field goal game. Yeah, this is a game where. Uh... Jonathan Taylor is going to have to have one of those monster efforts, you know, to, if, if Pittman doesn't go. Honestly, yeah. who, who, what other receivers do the Colts really have that you can name? Not you, got Mo'Ali, you got Mo'Ali Cox, but he's a tight end. You've got tight Alec end, Peters, yeah. but he didn't show much. You have Paris Campbell, but that right, – wait, is Paris Campbell still there? Yeah, no, like, a, lot of the, a lot of the receivers outside of Pittman last week were just – Yeah, we're they, struggling to name them. Yeah, it's kind of like how all those years of like Green Bay where it's like Devontae Adams and then – the rest of the guys are all like middle of the pack or lower middle of the pack guys. It needs the same thing. And I'm not saying Michael Pittman's a top five receiver, but it's a similar kind of logic where Michael Pittman's established himself as an upper echelon receiver. Meanwhile, the rest of the guys on the team, we don't know what we're getting out of them. Exactly. So, I mean, JT's really got to step up here. Um, yeah, I was watching Jacksonville, man. Um, really impressed with uh, James Robinson coming back so soon off that Achilles and looking so good. And ETN also looked really good as well. Um, he should honestly had two touchdowns that Trevor Lawrence just flat out missed him on. So, I mean, if, if they lean on the run game and they get their run game going, I think they could steal this one potentially. But I just can't go there. So, I'm saying the Colts find a way. But I would not be shocked, like you said, if uh, Jacksonville pulls it off. This is all the recipes for another ugly game. This is this literally oh, screams sure. like twenty to seventeen kind of game for sure. But what about this game coming up? Does Brady finally get it done? He is twenty five and five against the and the rest and every other team he's played since he's gone to Tampa. He is zero and four against the Saints. Is yeah, this and that's game. what uh, Taysom Hill last year beat him twice, right? Or did Jameis beat him once last year? Jameis beat him once, but that was a game Jameis got hurt. But the box, the box lost because Brady threw a pick six late. And then there was the Sunday night game where it was like destroyed. no, but it was like nine nothing or like twelve nothing. Remember, it was like basically New Orleans dominated, but they just couldn't get in the end zone, so it was just pure field goals. Oh, I'm thinking of yeah, I'm thinking of the other one with Reese. Oh, you're thinking okay. of the thirty-eight to three game? Yeah, where they yeah, I was thinking of that one. They went into Tampa and just laid the shit on them. Honestly, man, I'm going to take the Saints here. Um, I just feel like they have Brady's number. They're their kryptonite. Um, Michael Thomas came back. He didn't really do nothing in the first half, literally nothing. And then just the second half, they, second they, half, they just, yeah, he just found his way with uh, with Jameis. You know, Jarvis Landry had a clutch, clutch catch. Um, Olave had that two-point conversion. So, Kamara... Is he playing? I think he wasn't practicing. He hasn't been practicing. He's actually been the talk of fantasy Twitter because I think anyone who has him on in their fantasy team is trying to figure out right now, is he playing or not? Yeah. Um, they did sign Latavius Murray, though. 
you have the uh, you have the Bucks injury report, and like I'm pretty sure all their receivers are have something going on with them. Godwin's so, out. I know that. And then Brady, like he didn't even have a let alone not having a preseason. He didn't have a training camp, and he didn't really do much against Dallas at all. He didn't have the greatest game. So I think the Saints can steal this one 100. percent I'm taking the Saints. This is another game that just has recipe for an ugly game where it's like this could I, I think this is either going to be a close ugly game or this gets out of hand quickly. The Saints just run away with it. I think Jameis last week, like we said, it took him a while to get going, but I feel like that's why I've always been on New Orleans. So people have been writing them off, but I'm like, they're they've been sneaky, sneaky good. Oh, absolutely. To where they can like make some noise. I'm I, I still don't want to go division with them just yet because obviously TB12, but the more like and also too. If we see the Saints team that played in the second half or even the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter for four full quarters, that's a very scary team to watch for in the NFC. Yeah, man, absolutely. They have just as much as offensive talent as anyone in the league, I believe. And their um, defense is very underrated. And their deep, Yeah, their defense isn't bad either. They picked up uh, the piece of shit Marcus May. I don't know how he's playing right now. Yeah, but, um, yeah no, the, the, the Saints are going to be in the mix 100%, bro. They're def- there's like when you look at the teams in the NFC, you look at them and you're like, it's one of those things where it's like, why aren't they in the conversation? It's not like they're a Detroit or Atlanta. No, they're a team and, that and, we're not saying Super Bowl, but we're saying they'll be in the playoff definitely. And Taysom Hill still a factor there, just as much as you know, even probably even better than before because you really don't know he can still throw the ball too. He had so, a huge run. Yeah, let alone the running, but. Two other factors yeah, going. Yeah, two other factors going into this game as well is that that one game last year Sunday Night Football, Dennis Allen was actually the de facto head coach because Peyton had COVID, and as well, the Saints team they still have the same continuity, so they know how to get to Tom Brady. They're gonna they're gonna make his day a little frustrating, I feel. So yeah, I'm. You know what? Give me who that. Give me Saints two and zero. I think this is a game where everyone kind of looks at the Saints and goes, "Are the Saints legit?" And then they're gonna look at Tampa and go. What's going on with Tampa? What's this happening with Tampa? Because Tampa next week plays Green Bay, and that's going to be a test for them right there. That's going to be a test for both those teams. Yeah. Yeah. But I know all offseason we've been on both of these teams for very bad reasons. But I'm here to admit that Daniel Jones did not look that bad last week against Tennessee, and the team won the game. I was on – Big Round and I were on that pick all week. You were – I was even squeamish, and I pulled out. I ended up taking Baltimore in survival. I almost took the Giants. It's a lot of people the strikes. I almost did it. I almost did it, but I bitched out of the Whoa. last second. I took them plus five and a half. I'm like, Tennessee didn't do anything to impress me this offseason. But with this game right here, I don't want to do it because if they go 2-0, and we know their fan base is going to get annoying, especially considering that they get Dallas in a Monday night spot. <laughs> Next week, with the maybe final Danny, Danny Downs primetime game, September twenty fourth, with or September twenty sixth, excuse me, Big Rat and I. Yeah, man. Um, Jared, Jared actually just texted me earlier. He was like, "Yo, bro, you should take a Giants uh, future Super Bowl ticket and see if you can get a good cash out." I'm like, "Shut up, bro! You won one game, and you're really trying to tell me this right now." I mean, their schedule does look light, um, going like for their next six games or so, but. At the same time, Saquon Barkley had a career day. Um, you know, Dable had balls to go for two. It worked out. And Tennessee missed the kick. I think it was more so of Tennessee being out of sync than it was the Giants being good. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, I could be wrong, but just the way I saw it from the highlights, I didn't watch the full game. You know, that Daniel Jones interception where he almost threw the game away looked really bad um, at the end of the game, and they were able to recover from that. So, I mean, it's going to really have to rely on how Saquon Barkley does. Who I'm rooting for, you know, Saquon has so much talent, and, you know, the injuries have cost him, and especially in the contract. Yeah, I would love to see uh, somebody pay him because, you know, that guy, that guy was supposed to be really good. His so it was comeback. good to see what he did. Yeah, it was good to see what he did. His comeback, wanted, yeah. his comeback player of the year odds shot from plus fourteen hundred to plus five hundred after that. It's one gonna game. be, yeah. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a really good race this year for comeback player of the year. You know, I think Michael Thomas will be in the mix. There's gonna be a few guys in the mix, but um, yeah, like I'm saying, um, I th- I think Carolina can take this, man. I think I think you guys rag on Baker a little too much. He's not as bad as everyone makes him out to be. He's still a very serviceable quarterback, you know, probably a little bit above average in my opinion. But, um, you know, he built a little connection with Robbie Anderson. Good to see him have a nice day. Cause Good deep Sam ball Darnold last week. Damn sure didn't fucking help that guy out. Um, McCaffrey really didn't get going. I think he's going to end up getting going this, uh, this week. So, you know, give me the Panthers. I'm going to go Giants. I'm going to go Giants. I just there's just something about it. I just think there's there's something about it. I think they ride the momentum wave. But hot take, I think there's a shot they lose to Dallas in week 3. Kind of that game, you know, they're 2 and 0. Oh, you're feeling good, you're feeling macho and then you lose to Dallas and you're you're back to square one. That's what I think. Let's see. Happen, let's though. see how Cooper Rush looks, man. We'll get to that in a second, but now it's my turn because the Patriots go to Pittsburgh at the first ever game at AccuSure Stadium. Will always be known to Heinz Field by me. Patriots are a minus two favorite, but I'll tell you this right now: I like the under. This is gonna. If you like defensive football, this is the game for you. Yeah, I love the under too. This is this is gonna be a. Def, this is just gonna be ground and pound, hard hard nosed football. That's this is this game's gonna be because. And also, too, do you want to know a fun fact about this game? What's up? First time since 1998 that neither Tom Brady or Ben Roethlisberger are the quarterback for either side. And this is the first time that they play in three years, which is very rare because it feels like every year the Patriots and Steelers play. Yeah, right? Wow, that is shocking. Yeah. That's pretty shocking. Wow. Yeah. Um, I'm going to – I know it might not be the favorable pick, and I know this is it's a team everyone's been over – not like not overreacting to, but been in the spotlight for how they played in Miami, which, like I said, yeah, there was a lot of miscues. There was a lot of – just bad moments. They got caught by the blitz a lot. The offensive line didn't play well. Trent Brown had a bad game. Cole Strange actually had a pretty good game. He was one of the higher ranked uh, rookies on uh, EFF's board. I think he's in the night. He got a nineties, but I like a Patriots team to bounce back because I feel like if the way, but then it's also to a two headed monster because there's a part of me that's like Pittsburgh can ride their momentum wave from last week into this week. But I think the huge factor in this game is going to be T.J. Watt's presence and being missed by Pittsburgh. Yeah, um, like you said, the under, you know, this game should be really, really low scoring, I feel. Like, it could literally be, like, 13 to 10, as low scoring as that um, straight field goal game. But, um, you know, I'm going Pittsburgh. I really just wasn't impressed by what New England did last week. You know, I I knew they almost tried to have that little comeback at the end, but Tua was, was pretty bad as well. Um, I think Pittsburgh has a run game, so you guys are going to have to worry about Najee more than you're going to have to worry about Chase Edmonds. Um, I think they have the defensive advantage over you guys. 
So I think they have you obviously on receivers. But um, Belichick needs this game, man. He's going to have to come up with a, with a great defensive game plan to get a couple of picks off Trubisky, which should be there, honestly. Um, I could see you guys winning it, but I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ride Pittsburgh's momentum here. No, no, it's all good. Like, this is a game that it wouldn't shock me that if Pittsburgh – but here's the thing, though. Say if this is, like, a 13-10 to 10 football game and, like, Pittsburgh were to win and the Pats go to 0-2, I don't think it's one of those things to, like, freak out and panic. I think it's one of those things where people can overreact to it if Mac throws a stupid interception that leads to, like, like costing them the game or there's just bad coaching decisions throughout or the Pittsburgh defensive line, like Cam Hayward and them guys, even though, like I said, T.J. Watt's going to be missed – if those guys can get to him and make his day disruptive, then we're going to have a problem. I'm and it very, may, it very may well come down to which quarterback makes that mistake and, and yeah. cost the team, uh, his team the game. So, But you know how blessed the media is. In the same way as New York, you know, on the uh, on the morning radio call shows, how everyone freaks out. So yep. they lose this game, you know. Fans aren't going to be happy, even though you guys have fucking six Super Bowl rings. But yeah, like the thing too is with a lot of Patriots fans, none of us are expecting. Like we're not like you know, hey, we're going to get the Super Bowl. Our thing is just, hey, you know what? I hope be not. in the hunt. Be in the hunt. No, God, no, God, no. Um, next year we'll talk because they actually have a lot of money to spend once again next year with their cap. But um, with this year, it's just you know what. Be competitive, be in football games, maybe sneak in the playoffs. And I think their their best case scenario would be like getting to the divisional round, for example. Like, you know what, stealing a playoff game. Like what kind of like, I think Cleveland, like Cleveland did two years ago. Your guys' season should should ride on is Mac the guy for us or not, you know? And if he is, like to what extent? Is he gonna be, you know, a top ten quarterback or is he gonna be an Alex Smith? So I I feel like it's an evaluation year. Maybe I doubt it. You guys think in the playoffs. I don't think so. You know, I'm a New York fan talking. So obviously my opinion is not going to be held, you know, at a, at a high standard here, but um, yeah, man, you guys just got to find out if Mac is the guy, just like we got to find out if Zach's the guy, the Bears have to find out if Justin Fields is the guy. You guys, you know, you can't hang on to these guys for too long anymore in today's day and age. Like I said, don't, don't waste years. You know, trying to figure out when everyone clearly knows he's probably not the guy. Obviously, no, we're not moving on year three, but that year four, I feel like uh, teams are going to start to move on. Exactly. You don't want to be in that Daniel Jones cycle where it's like mm-hmm. this whole you have to go out and play to earn your contract. No, I do agree with you with that. Mac, we're still trying to figure out if Mac is the guy. He's he's beloved by the fans here. Um, he didn't practice today. Uh, some people are trying to say, oh, he's got an upset tummy. I think probably he just had like, food poisoning or some shit like that because they basically just said it was an upset stomach or, yeah, he's he's got the shits, one of the two. I don't know. But I'm, I'm confident in him. I think he's the guy that can get it done. I'm just not here to freak out and panic if they do go 0-2. I'm just here to be like – this team reminds me a bit of like what the Colts like, – can be like what the Colts were last year with Carson Wentz. Now, I know that's not a high ceiling – but I had them going – I have them at 9-8 and eight going into the year. I, that's what my record is for the Patriots. I had flip-flop last year, so I have Dolphins 10-7, and seven, and I have Patriots 9-8. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, do, you, do you have Mac uh, – do you agree with that Mac in the top 100 ranking? You know what? The players are the players. I just kind of – Do you, do you though? You know what? I think he earned it by the way he played last year, but I don't <laughs> – but here's the thing. I don't take any of those things, and I'm not going to get hot over it. I'm going to be like, oh, my God, they picked it. It's the players picking, and then those reports come out about, oh, they may not care about it. The one that I was more 
disagreement with, to be honest with you, was Josh Allen at 13. I believe Josh Allen belongs in the top 10 of NFL players. And that's coming oh, from a sure. Patriots fan. That yeah, sure. is the one for I have sure. more of a problem with. But I'm saying you're going to be hearing that all year if Max struggles that he was a top 100 player. I'm telling you, oh, people are going to come for that. Believe me, I know. Believe me, I know. But at the end, it's like how I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but a newspaper in Buffalo, just a non-newspaper news station in Buffalo, decided to post about the whole Tom and Giselle stuff, and then they didn't even put um, the headline they used was like quarterback that lost to the Giants twice in the Super Bowl. They didn't even reference the championship, so it's like you know they like. Like they'll find, like everyone will find little things about the Patriots and like use it against the fan base. But then, at the end of the day, we're playing with, or we're not playing with house money. But in the sense of the day, too, nothing that we can do this year can truly hurt me because I'll say this on record: this team could go zero and seventeen. I'm still going to be a fan of them. Oh, for sure. No one's questioning your fanhood, but no. you know when pe- when people can finally take shots at the Patriots, you know I'm just dying for that moment. I've you guys put me through so much misery in my fucking life. That uh, you know, I'm rooting for that downfall for sure, self-admittedly. But that's how sports are, right? That's that, that literally is sports. That's literally what we're here for. It's it's like I said, it's sports. It's sports. It's, you have basically the sports. The highs are highs, the lows are lows, and you know what? When it's time to eat shit, you grab a fucking fork, okay? I'm I'm actually calling this episode that. I'm calling it grab a fork. Um, for those of you wondering. There we go. Why? So here's the thing with this game. There's a chance the Rams kick their ass. There's a chance the Falcons backdoor cover this game. I don't know which one to do. I think Stafford's elbow is shot. And I told you that right after that Thursday night game. I just wasn't impressed. Like, the guy just can't throw the ball down the field right now. And I think it was very underplayed. I think they're trying to hide um, that injury and try to downplay it. But you're going to hear about it later in the season. Like, oh, his elbow really was messed up and he fought through it. Because Stafford always does good. Stafford's a tough guy. Mm-hmm. But it's really affecting his play. So, I mean, they should be able to beat the Falcons regardless of that. The Falcons look good until they do what they always do. They choke against the Saints. You know, but they did look good at first. But um, Rams cannot lose this game. They absolutely can't. But they're going to lose more games than you think this year. And yeah. I wouldn't even just – I wouldn't call it a Super Bowl hangover. I would just call it Stafford is not fully healthy and he's not able to operate the way he did last year. I think that with them, it's one of those teams, you know, like they get their one win and then they're like, hey, we're going to go for more, but then you never get that more. Like remember the 2016 Cleveland Cavaliers. It's just like everything added up, everything went their way. You got your chip, and then you kind of live off of that. That's what I've, the similar vibes I'm getting from this Rams team. So there is a world where, yeah, you know what? Oh, look I, at this motherfucker. I'm sorry. Fucking Ryan Fitzpatrick on the pregame show over here. That's hilarious. Yeah, they took a keep to leave off after everything that happened with him and his brother. Um, oh, shit. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm in my room right now, so I don't have a TV, but I'll watch it after. Like I said, I'm, I'm here for Michaels and Herb Street. Um you know what? I'm, I'm thinking the Rams win. I think, you know what? This is the game where everyone kind of looks at them and they're like, hey, they're fine. But then they're going to have another game where they stumble and everyone's going to go, oh, the hangover's here. The hangover's real. I think that's what's going to happen to them. I think they're going to have those games where they're like, up, yep. and then they go down. Then they're up, and then they go down. I, by the way, I feel bad for all you can makers, uh, drafters out there. That sucks. That was totally unnecessary. That Started him, and two, I still three. won my league. 
Yeah, that's good. But two to three carries, man. Everyone think, thought he was going to be the man, and then you know Henderson just has a nice day. So I don't know. Maybe maybe McVay plays plays the game, and you know maybe this week is Acres, but that sucks. Yeah. Well, we have one more game because the four twenty five window. There's actually a four oh five window, which for gamblers kind of sucks because I feel like these games get forgotten about. But I'm going to tell you because I'm going to be blunt and honest with you and what I like. Give me Seattle nine and a half. Who are they playing? San Francisco. Oh yeah, nine and a half is a big number, man. Just a, what is what has Trey Lance ever proved to get nine and a half points, man? You know um, them keeping Jimmy. I'm sorry to cut you off, but you know I think them keeping Jimmy says that they're not as confident in Trey as they say they are. That's the vibe that I get from it. I think if they were confident listen, in Trey, you get rid of Jimmy. If they start, if they start zero and three, zero and four, Jimmy's going to be right back in there, man. And uh, you know, it's just it's going to be it is what it is. They're there to win. They're there. They know they have a playoff roster, but if Trey is holding them back and they know they have Jimmy in their in their in their bullpen, they're going to go to Jimmy. Their next two um, games are literally Sunday night football against the Broncos, and then Monday night football against the Rams. Listen, the Seattle team is pretty. I was I was really impressed with what they did on Monday. You know, I have no reason to root against Seattle anymore. All our draft picks are selected, so you know, unfortunately, Jamal's out for the season. You know, I know, I know. Uh, Kevin Nash injury. I know. Uh, I don't like the guy at all, but you know, you never want to root for a, for no. an injury like that. Of course not. You know. Um, so, you know, prayers to him. Hopefully he's back next season all healthy and stuff. But, um, yeah, man, no, Seattle's gritty. I think, uh, the Niners should win this, but if Seattle, they're definitely covering that. They're covering, that's a, that's way too big of a number. Yeah. Give me a Niners win, but give me a Seattle cover. This is good. Also too, if you want to go over under, give me under, I think this is a defensive game. Like look at last week, traded nothing to impress, but I just didn't like everyone blaming the weather for that. The weather just made me feel better about my pick. I just look at Chicago and San Francisco, and I'm like, okay, I don't trust Chicago to score, but I don't trust San Francisco, and I don't trust Trey Lance yet. I'm still on the train of the Jimmy G thing where, look, he got you to the NFC Championship game last year. But with this game, Seattle's defense is going to come to play, and Seattle's defense is going to be good. So nine and a half is not the cover. If this was like seven and a half or six and a half, yeah, I would lean San Francisco. Nine and a half is a big number to cover. If San Francisco covers, all the power to them. But from a logistical standpoint, take the night, take the Seahawks to cover. Uh, take the Seahawks. Shout out Edge is the best, Alex Larson. He'll be coming back sometime soon. Um, what do we do here? I feel like this is a game that could trick people. I think this is a game where everyone's going to expect Cincinnati to come out and just blow the roof off of the place. There's a part of me that's tempted to be like, you know what, I can see Dallas covering here. I think I think what's the what's the number? Seven and a half. Seven and a half is oof. Yeah. I just I just don't know what Cooper Rush is, man. Did he he didn't play at all last year, did he? He had the one game against Minnesota in primetime, but he won. But we all know if you want to beat the Vikings, you play them in primetime. Yeah. Um Man, I mean, after that, what do you? Joe, Joey had what? Four or five interceptions? He had four, four or five turnovers. He had five turnovers, though. Okay. I just, I don't know. I think they get in sync here, and I think they, I think they dust Dallas. I really do. Um, you know, their defense isn't really anything crazy. You know, they really had an outlier year last year to go to the Super Bowl with that defense because it's really nothing too too impressive. But you know, if they can do 
be average against Cooper Rush um, and Joe is Joe, then, you know, Dallas is going to be punting a lot and Joe's just going to have the ball, you know, enough times to just drive down the field every time I feel um, and put it in the end zone or get the three. So I think they're definitely going to outscore them a lot more than seven and a half. I'm going to take the cover too. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking at this and I'm like, if we Burrow is who we think he is, this is a game Cincinnati has. This is a game they have. I think that they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. They played really bad last week. There won't be any puking middle-aged woman in the crowd. I don't know if you saw that video. Yeah, with the, yeah. But um, this is a game where I think they kind of get their swagger back. You see Joe Cool come out. Yep. But what that's about – That's not big. Yeah, but what about this number right here? Denver and Houston, where Houston is plus 10. I think – Okay, go on. I think that whatever the fuck game plan Denver had last week was not good. You know, there was just a whole bunch of check downs, and, you know, they, they weren't playing with – any kind of aggressiveness. I mean, I know they fumbled twice at the goal line, which was ridiculous between um, Gordon and Javante. But I think Denver is a lot better than what they showed on Monday night. Um, and I don't think Houston is, is as good as what they tied with the Colts with on Sunday. So I think I think uh, this is a get-right game for Denver. I could see – I can literally see a 10-point win here with a push, honestly. If it gets to 10.5, that's tricky. Uh, I probably wouldn't even touch this game, really. But Denver is obviously going to win this. But this is a game, though, where – and I don't know why people are like this, but there are some people out there who are, like, weirdly fascinated by Davis Mills and think he's a top potentially 15 quarterback in the league. I don't buy no. that at all. Yeah, he's, no. that, he's that placeholder guy. He's like that Jared Goff category quarterback where he'll have his moments where he'll shine, sure. Like last year, he almost beat us, for fuck's sakes. But there's a lot of moments where you look at him and go – yeah, he's not an NFL quarterback. Then he has his games where he's like – like last year how he beat the Chargers. But then he'll have games where he'll make some costly mistakes and lose 40 to nothing to Buffalo. I think this is completely a get-right game. I think this is a game where, you know what, Houston got the cover last week, so everyone's going to be tempted to take them to be like, oh, and also the way Denver lost too. But, no, I think this is a get-right game. Kind of like how – do you remember last year there was that one weekend in the NFL where the Jags beat Buffalo – the cow, the Broncos yeah, yeah. demolished the Cowboys, and then what was the other one? Oh, the Raiders lost to the Giants, and then the next week Denver got killed by Philly. I can see the same thing happening here. You know what? Denver loses a close one by stupid coaching. They figure everything out. They're at home, home opener. This is what I look at as an exact get-right game for the Denver Broncos, and everyone oh, goes. Time. But then Russ could cook and be like, everyone's going to be like Bronco Country, like that's what they do. But then they can come back to why didn't you do that last that's week? Right. This is a game that, that that game last week could be a game that can come back and bite them in the ass come December. Big time. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think I think the defense uh, the defense is going to get pick the ball off uh, from those a few times there, and uh, and Russ is just going to. I think Russ cooks in this one. But like I said, I don't like that number though. I, that number does scare me. I have to make a pick for the spread pool, but I'll still go Denver. But yeah, like if I have to pick anything for this game, I'm taking. You know what? I look at this game and I'm just like, I don't like it. I don't. I just there's something about it. I'd rather nothing, not bet it. And, nice about it. Yeah. I'd, ra- I'd rather not bet it than bet it and lose money. I'd rather not bet it what I was going to bet hit and be mad than bet it at all. Houston could be that um, that cover team, man. That just gets that big number and covers all year. Honestly, like last year was what the Jags, right? 
Yep. Um, 2020 Jags, who went one and fifteen, have the same spread record as the 2020 Kansas City Chiefs, seven and nine. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, be careful with uh with Houston this year. And honestly, get fucking Damian Pierce involved as a featured back, man. What the hell are you doing with Rex Burkhead getting majority of the carries, man? Come on. I no idea. But we got Vegas, we got Arizona, we got the Cardinals a plus five and a half. For everyone freaking out about if the Patriots and everything, I just want to introduce you to the Arizona Cardinals. A team who Oh, they they yeah, they look bad. They got dog walked last week. I had the over because I was like, you know what, I think there's a lot of points to be scored. But also, the Kyler Murray Call of Duty double XP weekend thing lives on. He's like 0-17 <laughs> now. Or it's like, it's it's really yeah, bad. That he, can't be right. That no, no, no. I, it, it's, it, he's not won a game, though, when Call of Duty is a double, like a, I don't know what a times two XP. What, double whatever, XP weekend, yeah. An XP weekend happens, the Arizona Cardinals lose football games. So that contract clause seems more legit now. Now with this game, I'm also going to say this as well. If you're betting out there. Devontae Adams literally came out today and said he has his entire family, including yep. his grandparents, in Vegas for this one. Give me and the Vegas Raiders. Dan sure knows about it. Yeah, give me the Raiders. Give me the over. And I think this is a game where everyone's going to look at and go, they, do they have something here? Because last week, this team's going to come down to how can – this team is literally Minnesota, though. I like, I like Vegas to win, and I like Vegas to cover in the over, but – when it comes to them long-term, this team is going to come down to how does Derek Carr play? Like Minnesota, how does Kirk Cousins play? Yeah, man. As soon as I saw that tweet with uh, their, uh, Devontae's grandparents being in attendance for the first time ever, which shocked me, is what Miguel told me. But, um, you know, I was waiting for the lines to drop on his touchdowns. They got him at minus 200 for one and plus 300 for two, which is awful odds, terrible odds. But Vegas knows this guy is going off. Absolutely going to go off. So, Devontae Adams is the guy to take this week on props for sure. I'm sure he destroys everything. You, uh, you know, parlay his yards and a touchdown at least. But, um, yeah, no, I, I just don't see how the Cardinals are going to move the ball here. Rondell is not going to be back. Adrian Green is washed. They don't have Kirk anymore. We know about Nuke Hopkins is suspended. So, I mean, if, if Connor doesn't have a great game, you know, like where's – Kyler really going to go with the football. And the Raiders, you know, they have multiple weapons. So, definitely gave me the Raiders on a cover here in the over, like you said. You know, the Cardinals, too, everyone is saying, like, oh, Cliff Kingsbury is on the hot seat. I'm here to tell you right now, he's not going anywhere. He literally signed an extension this offseason. Him and Steve Kahn both did. So, Arizona could struggle this year, and they could call for their heads. They're not going anywhere. Michael Bidwell's not doing it. So Arizona's that team where you look at and you go, okay, but what now? You have your quarterback who makes more money than Josh Allen. You have your quarterback who has a Call of Duty problem, and the rest of your football team is just – Call of Duty problem. He does, and then the rest of your football team is kind of average. I'm going to have – Alex Clancy will be back on here because the Patriots and the Cardinals have a Monday night football game in December, which for both sides it could very well be a playoff eliminator game. If the Cardinals get that far, man, I think this is just going to be a, a down year for them. But um, we'll see. They could be that frisky team once New comes back, but that's still in three weeks from now. They're going to flirt with eight and nine, I believe nine and eight and nine. I yeah. think that's where they end up finishing. 
they'll be that team that gets frisky towards the end, but because of their mistakes at the beginning of the season, they miss they miss the playoffs ultimately. Yep. I'm gonna say this right now, and I'm gonna be quick with it. We got another get right game on our hands for the Green Bay Packers. They looked bad against Minnesota. We know what Aaron Rodgers does against Chicago. And I think a lot Chicago last week is like is like Houston. You know, everyone picked Chicago and they're like, hey, they beat San Francisco. They looked pretty good. Maybe we'll give them a shot. And then Aaron Rodgers just comes out and just dominates. I know Green Bay's got a lot of questions at receiver, and rightfully so. But when you get a game like this, you got Sunday night football, you got Lambeau Field, and you have Aaron Rodgers against the Bears. Oh yeah. Give me, give me the, Aaron's Aaron's getting right here. This is a get right game. This is the game where Aaron Rodgers kind of says, I don't need ayahuasca to play. I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the spread and I'm gonna take the over too. I think this is a game where Green Bay could cover on their own. I don't I know they, if I like the I don't like the over. Um, but I do like the spread. I wouldn't touch the total, honestly. It could happen. You know, they could they could uh go off. But I don't I don't see the Bears scoring much here, honestly. Even for their defense, their defense gotta get right, the uh, yeah. the Packers defense, so there they are, Curb Street and uh, and Michaels. Mm-hmm. I gotta go. I gotta, I gotta watch that soon. So I'm gonna wrap it up. Call me salty, but why do I think the Titans are gonna cover this? <clears throat> against Plus 10. Uh, the Eagle, the, against the Bills, the, uh, the Bills. Yeah. Mm, the Vikings guy. Yeah. Oh, bro, they're gonna cover 10. 10 is uh. That's a big number for them. Their offense looks really, really good under uh, Nathaniel Hackett. I got that right, right? No, I'm sorry. Kevin O'Connell, right? We're talking about Buffalo and Tennessee. Am I, I'm bugging. I'm thinking Vikings. Tennessee and Buffalo. Ten points. Um, I know Buffalo was man. dominant against the Rams, but I just think for as good as the Bills are, all teams who – don't just snap their fingers and get to a championship. All If you look at like the last five years, every team that's won has faced some sort of adversity throughout the years. Like, let's do it. You had the Brady deflate. I'm sorry. So you had the Brady deflate gate stuff. You had the Eagles underdog story. You had the Patriots losing that fucking game in Miami and starting off one and two. You had Kansas City who struggled, even though they did get a bye in 2020. You had the Bucks who were seven and five at one point. And then last year, the Rams, they had to stumble a bit. They they had some games where they had some tough losses. So there's a world where that happens, but there's a world as well where Josh Allen just once, once again reminds us who he is and why he's that good of a quarterback, and this team just dominates. I just – but then there's the sicko side of me that goes, this is the home opener for them. They're excited. They're jazzed. How great would it be to see them lose to the Titans on Monday Night Football? So what, you're taking the cover on the Titans part? I, I take the Bills to win the game, but I just think 10's too much. I think the way – but here's the other thing too. Buffalo's run defense isn't as good as their pass defense. They have better – I trust their corners and their safeties a lot more than I do their line just because they don't have that true run stuffer in the lineup. So I think this could be a Derrick Henry game. It's going to have to be. But – at the same time, too, Josh Allen's going to do what he does. Jesus Christ, I was on. I'm still on, and thankful that I'm on the Gabriel Davis train. Joe Miller got me on that two years ago, and that's the thing with Buffalo, where it's just like, okay, we lose Cole Beasley. Okay, we got Diggs. We got 
Gabe Davis, and we got McKenzie. So they have a three-headed monster at receiver. Yeah, Crowder too, man. Crowder had yeah. some plays. Yeah. And then um, Knox, even too. Knox getting the new contract Knox as well. Gonna show, he's going to show up this week for sure. He has to. Yeah. But, yeah, with this game, I'm going to go – it's just like I said, it's just that number scares me too much to where you're relying on the Bills to basically kick their ass. And Mike Vrabel teams are tough football teams. They don't go down easily. The only time I think I've ever seen them get dominated was the game last year against the Patriots, but that was because they were without no Henry, no Brown, no Julio, and they fumbled a couple of times and stuff like that, and they had a couple picks. So besides that, Vrabel teams always play tough. I just think um, the Bills are going to just stack the box all day here and, and dare Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball because, honestly, he, he didn't look good without A.J. Brown. So that's all I would do. You know, if you if you beat press coverage, you beat press coverage. You know, I'm trusting mm-hmm. my secondary over uh, Ryan Tannehill with pedestrian receivers as of now. You know, Woods didn't look good. And, you know, Chandler Burks had some plays. But, you know, I'm going to take the cover here. I think, uh, I think the wheels are falling off of Tennessee here. They're going to probably be looking for a quarterback next year, I believe. Oh, I have them um, missing the playoffs. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely missing the playoffs. So, I mean, it's it's going to be – this is, has to be a big Henry game. And, you know, if he can't do it, if he can't carry the load like he used to and just, like, put the team on his back, it's going to get ugly for them. It's going to get really ugly. So, it might be another blowout here. But I like I'm the over the this one, cover. I like the 47-point over, though. I like any Bills over right now, honestly. Give me any bills over. Give me 31 to 21. Push. Give me a push. I know Kirk Cousins is in prime time. This is the other thing, too, with this primetime thing Monday night. Why are you doing – why is ESPN doing both games? Why not give a game to, like, Fox or something like that or give a game to, like, another network, you know, or even spread it out to, like, where – one game starts at, like, 6.30 and one game starts at 8.30 instead of, like, 7.15 and 8.30. So it's not – Probably spread out because one game's I, unless they're timing it out to like where the Bills Titans game halftime like you can miss the third quarter of Eagles Vikings but then the the end of the Bills Titans game is right around that time it just it does make sense to me but Philly Minnesota God Minnesota looked good last week they looked fantastic Justin you know you know sometimes people say that's a guy who can be in the Hall of Famer that's a guy who can be good Justin, every yeah. time. Yeah, every time I see him play, he's he's got. He, I look at him, and I'm like, this, this he's going to Canton. Justin Jefferson will be in Canton one day. If There's all, not a cornerback that can cover him, bro. No. Not this one. is a game too where, look, I know the Eagles didn't do much last week. Out of the Eagles, excuse me, the Vikings only let up seven points last week. Give me a shootout. This is going to be a sh- just like I think this is going to be the game that everyone thinks that's going to happen tonight. I'm gonna go Minnesota to win. And cover, because obviously, like I said, two-point spread, you're going to pick the team that's going to cover to win. I'm not going to just come on here and be like, they're going to win 25-23. No. J.C. Jackson, there he is. Ooh, yeah. Um, Good for him. No, I'm saying look at him in the Chargers uniform. I love to uh, see it. I don't want to. No. Um, yeah, man, give me the, give me the Vikings. Um, I don't think the Eagles were that impressive last week against the Lions. Um, I, I really believe in their in the in the new scheme that they have. Kirk really looked good. No one can cover Jefferson. Um, I think Dealing gets going this week, and Dalvin Cook gets going. So, give me uh, give me the Vikings on a cover. Give me the Vikings to cover. Give me the Vikings to win, and give me that over. Give me give me that over. I'm gonna go on a scoring win here. Let's see, fifteen and a half. 
Give me 27 to 24 so it just hits the over. You know, I can see like a 24-24 game. Kirk leaves the drive downfield, and the Vikings kick field goal in the game. Yes, sir. That's what I see. But anyway, folks, this has been a quick episode, Danny and I. Danny, it's been great to have you back on. Just a reminder, yes, sir, folks, let's do it again. this podcast is on the Dean Bundell Network Monday night. This, for the first time ever, in association with um, the United I'm – gonna, I'm going to butcher this so badly, so you just got to give me a second to look this up. But on Monday night, I am here to announce that during the Vikings-Eagles Monday night football game, I will be streaming in partnership with UFF Sports on their Twitch channel. So you can catch us on, on there. The links will be live. I'll be joined by guests who are to be announced. It'll be a thing that will be happening more regularly now. So just to let you guys know about that and what I got going on. But as well, That's Danny it. and I will be back here all season long. We'll get him and Big Rat back on for some more shit talk and fun. But as always, guys, remember... Promo code GRIFB for best stamp if you do sign up for the app. And as well, because it's football season, you got shot for the best odds. And as well, guys, we are now on the Dean Blundell Podcast Family Network. So you can catch us up on there. This has been episode 181. Go grab a fork and enjoy week two of the NFL season, guys. And let's go win some money gambling. Guyton touchdown for the win. Hi, I'm Logan Anderson, host of the Say the Damn Score podcast. On my show, I deep dive into the sports broadcasting business by, you guessed it, talking to sportscasters. The show has featured big names like Bob Costas, Kenny Albert, and Vern Lundquist, as well as many up-and-coming broadcasters who you may not know yet, but you will know soon. Whether you're looking for professional development as a sportscaster, different career paths, or if you just want to be entertained by hearing some of the best storytellers in the world tell their own stories, this podcast is for you. You can subscribe to the podcast on all major podcast platforms, or you can visit our website, saythedamnscore.com. Do, did, will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Crier Media Network.